0: Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Ron and Jenny Barney on helping victims of disasters.
1: But a lot of times it's just the ministry of presence, that people know you're there. It's like, wow, they cared enough to come. Because honestly, when the disaster happens, you know, if it's weather-related, it's been built up in the news, everybody knows it's coming, it happens... Then the news reporters go away, mm-hmm. and it's off the TV screen, and people are left with not a shovel to clean up, and they feel like they've been abandoned. And so, just to know that somebody know you know cares enough to show up matters to them.
0: Ron and Jenny Barney next. Ron and Ginny Barney have been deployed many times to scenes of various disasters, rendering material and spiritual aid. Ron is the director of Nevada Southern Baptist Disaster Relief, and his wife Ginny is also very involved. Tell us about your backgrounds and how the Lord led you into this ministry of disaster relief.
2: Sure, um, and it is a ministry, and that's how we look at it. I started out in the fire service. I think the Lord gave me the gift of helps. Uh, before I even knew him as my savior. And I can remember back to um, before I accepted Christ, getting involved in a volunteer fire department and wanting to learn CPR and wanting to be able to help people. And that eventually led to a a career in the fire service where I got to help a good number of people. And I felt when I retired that I wanted to continue to help people um, and to give back to the society that had provided for me and my family For a long time and the southern baptist uh, church where i went had some training in disaster relief and we took that and have been involved in it ever since um and it has just it has just been a blessing to us and we we pray a blessing to others
0: and you both uh grew up in carson city went to school here
1: yes Mm -hmm. my father moved our family here from washington state in 1962 so I'm almost a native.
0: <laughs> that counts. So, Jenny, your your involvement with uh, disaster relief with the Southern Baptist Disaster Relief here in Nevada it, it directly parallels Ron's.
1: Yes, um, we were attending a church where our pastor was very committed to disaster relief, and I was at a point in my life I was retired, mm-hmm. and you know you reach a point where it's time to give back, and felt very strongly that this was the area that we really wanted to participate in. And as active as he was, we got some training through our church and um, started deploying and did not realize how important it was and how rewarding it was.
0: How long have you been doing this?
2: 2012,
0: a little over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And for those that I think we might assume we know what it is, but what is disaster relief?
2: Well, for Nevada Southern Baptist Disaster Relief, we will come in after a disaster and help the local church serve the community that's been affected by the disaster. Now, if mass feeding is what they need, if they've got evacuation centers set up or shelters set up and they need food for them, we can help provide food for them. If they need uh, clean up after uh, fires. Uh, we call it ash out. And then we can come in mm. and provide that service. Or if it's been flooding, we can do mud out. After uh, big windstorms, um, we've we not used it here in Nevada, but we also have chainsaw teams that are available. And we can provide chainsaw mm. teams. The, the beauty of um, Nevada Southern Baptist Disaster Relief is we're part of a larger organization. We are Um, part of the third largest disaster relief organization in the world, really, depending on how you quantify it. The Red Cross is the largest, Salvation Army comes next, and then the Southern Baptist. So we can pull from, if I need a shower trailer to help support a shelter, I can call California and ask them to bring over a shower unit. If Utah, Idaho says, hey, we need help, we can go to them. The bigger the disaster, the more states we can involve. And my goal uh, is always that we have people in Nevada that are trained but never used in Nevada, always sent somewhere else. Mm. Because if they're used in Nevada, that means we've had a disaster. Mm. I'd rather go help people somewhere else.
0: Have you had any disasters in Nevada?
2: Actually,
1: yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We deployed teams to the fires out in Washoe Valley a number of years ago. um, And we did cleanup on property there. When the, there was a fire in the winter time, mm. I think it was January, and uh, yeah, we had teams come to that. Um,
2: there have been help with floods. We sent chaplains, which is another service we provide, uh, down to the shooting in Las Vegas. Mm. So there's there's a, a variety of disasters. They're not all natural disasters.
0: And the the mass feeding um, mm-hmm. uh, the, of large groups, Jenny, that's something yeah. that you specialize in.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've traveled uh, for mass feeding to uh, Florida, um, lots of places in California. We spent a couple weeks, uh, a couple years ago from Christmas to New Year's in Paradise, California, and uh, ministering to those folks, chaplaincy, uh, mass feeding, and... Um, Yeah. We work in conjunction with the Red Cross. Typically, we don't pick up the tab for the food. Mm -hmm. Red Cross does. And we come in and do the worker bee. So we provide the people, the kitchen, uh, ability to cook, and then they serve the folks. Uh, We went to Sacramento after – well, when the Oroville Dam was – Uh, They thought was going to break. So we went to uh, Cal Expo over in Sacramento and set up there and were prepared to serve, I think, 5,000 meals a day um, because they just didn't know. Just didn't know.
0: Well, my guests today on His People are Ron and Jenny Barney. Ron is the State Director of Nevada Southern Baptist Disaster Relief. Jenny is also very much involved with it. Well, well tell us um, how it works. I mean, a disaster, by definition, Ron or Jenny, is something that happens suddenly. It's devastating. How do you mobilize? How do you mobilize your people? How quickly do you have to move?
2: That depends on the disaster and what the need is. Um, oftentimes, you may start in one area of, of relief, and I'll, I'll use the... I'll use the Middletown fire uh, as an Mm -hmm. example. Uh, It was a number of years ago in Middletown, California, and about half the town burned down in this fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the time, it was a huge thing. It was before the Paradise fire, which became the next huge, you know, and and on and on. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But we went in and they had asked us to set up and do feeding. So we went to do feeding. I went there prepared to help with feeding the next day, they asked me to play a chaplain role, which I'm also trained in. Mm. So I changed hats and started doing chaplain work. And then the state director for California came in and said, can you start doing assessments um, now that we're being allowed back into the fire area? We've got homeowners that are requesting assistance, and we need to know what those jobs are going to look like. So we did assessments, and then we started putting teams together. So just because it's a flood doesn't mean we can go in immediately and do mud out. Or or a fire. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to wait for that disaster to subside a little bit. But we would contact the people and let them know there's a need. And it may just be to support a local church in the community that's affected, or it may be the Red Cross has asked us to come and assist them. Um, We would contact folks by email. It's called a blast, Mm -hmm. where we can send it out and say, This is going on we think we're gonna need feeding here, respond and let me know if you can go. Yeah. And then we can pull from those people who say, yes, I can, and put together a team. And, and then we can set up and say, okay, report here at such and such a time, we gotta have our first meal ready by this date, or we're gonna start cleaning up houses on this date. And, and we go from there.
0: But conceivably, people, uh, your team, could have to move very quickly. Within it a, could, a, it could here
2: too. Yes, yeah. Sometimes it happens very quickly. Um, during the, the large fire, you know, we had two fires here uh, past fire season, not just this one we just finished. Um, it was the first time in history we ever had a fire start on one side of the Sierras, burn up over the top, and down into Nevada from the California side. Never happened before in history, recorded history. Happened twice. And we got a call from the state director in California again saying, can you go help in Susanville? I can't get there, but you can from your side of the fire. And we left, I think, that afternoon to go start setting up a feeding operation in Susanville. And all we had to do was get it set up and running until he could get people around the disaster and get in there to take our place. But sometimes you you need to move quickly.
1: And sometimes logistics need to be worked out before you get in the car. Mm-hmm. You need to know where you're sleeping.
0: <laughs> that comes in handy. <laughs> <Yep>.
1: <laughs> you know, make sure that everybody's got accommodations. Uh, we don't hotel it. We are usually on the floor of a community center or mm. church. Uh, so we pack our sleeping bags, our air mattresses, our cots. And... Um, and of course, we don't deploy uh, feeding crews until we know somebody's paying for the food. Um, we don't have the ability to front the costs for food for that many people. So until the logistics are worked out in dollars, then yeah, for food, we can't, can't go.
0: How big a team do you have that you can send the email blast out to?
2: I don't have an exact number of, of that. Um, but there's a lot. But we have some. We don't have enough. I will tell you that. We could use a lot more volunteers. Mm-hmm. Our next training is going to be – we've settled on the date. We're going to settle on the location, but it's going to be March 11th, and it's going to be up in Battle Mountain somewhere. Um, th- that's going to be a cleanup and recovery training up there. And um, so we're always looking to train more volunteers. But it depends on what the need is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we need to feed 200 people – you don't need as many people on a team as you do if you need to feed 20,000 meals a day.
1: Mm. <laughs> as you can imagine. Right. You know,
2: so it, it varies. And sometimes it varies on if we're going to be staying in a local church. And that's always our, our our desire is to tie our ministry back to the local church.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're called to make disciples. Yeah. We can't make a disciple in a two or three week deployment. Now, we may be blessed with the opportunity to lead someone to the Lord, but we want to hand them off to the local church for mm-hmm. discipleship. So we always try and work with the local church. And sometimes the churches are small. Maybe they've only got enough Sunday school classes where we can we can only bring in 10 people. And okay. That's it. Then that's what we'll bring. Yep.
0: Now, if people are interested in this training, uh, how can they get more information?
2: If you go to NevadaBC.org. That's the Nevada Baptist Conventions website. Look under the Ministries tab, you'll find Disaster Relief in there. There's a form they can fill out, it'll come straight to me.
0: Okay. And what about the person that's hearing this and says, "Oh, it's Baptist. I'm not a Baptist. Can I can I help?"
2: You can in Nevada. We will have a conversation about that because there are some essentials that we need to agree upon. Mm-hmm. If you're going to wear a shirt and represent Southern Baptists, there are some essentials we need to, to agree upon. Sure. Um, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty. So we may not care if you're post-trib, mid-trib, you know, right. um, but we want you to believe, let's say, the Apostles' Creed or the Creed of Nicene. We're, we're going to look at that mm-hmm. and make sure we're in full agreement but you're welcome to join us from another church
0: tell us what is for you either of you ron or jenny the most memorable uh deployment
2: probably
1: the most memorable was paradise
0: Mm, paradise fires
1: the paradise fires uh it was by far the most devastating Mm -hmm. deployment i've been to uh well maybe not the most most here in the united states but it was incredible to see how many people had left the paradise area just because there was nothing left. And those people were so hurt and broken. And so we were able to set up in a church there in Paradise and provide warm meal for lunch every day and mostly chaplains Mm -hmm. because everybody had a story to tell and they needed somebody to listen and I would drop into bed that night every night just thinking, oh, I just don't know if I can do this another day. And emotionally. Emotionally, oh, it was tough. It was tough. And everybody just fled. I mean, the the church members, the teachers, the water was contaminated. You it was just impossible to live there almost. And it It's a beautiful area. It Mm -hmm. reminds me so much of Tahoe, um, with the trees and the mountains. It's just beautiful. And I thought, oh, it would just break my heart to see something like that happen at Tahoe. But we just heard some really incredible stories from the people up there, and I mean that just that touched my life forever, forever. And uh, we teamed up with some folks that came from Saddleback,
0: Mm -hmm. right, Southern California, in Southern California
1: and a lot of them this was their first time mm. and it was incredible to watch them morph over the time they were there because they'd never seen some of this stuff and if you haven't seen this it's it's shocking it's shocking um
0: the, de- the devastation the to see people in the those-
1: broken hearts the devastation the, the loss of Everything materialistic possible, uh, the hope of finding grandma's ring, um, just all of those emotions. Yeah.
0: And you're obviously um, it's a ministry. You're br- you're bringing the gospel. You're bringing the hope mm-hmm. of. Yep. Christ, are, are you able to communicate that in, in with the people that you see, or have you had opportunities to? in terms of the service that you've provided
2: yes and and that's what separates us from a lot of disaster relief organizations that are humanitarian only Mm -hmm. we have a higher calling we want to bring the hope of jesus with us we want to manifest his love to these people and sometimes it's just not the right time in somebody's life in a disaster Mm -hmm. to you know hey do you know jesus you know if you died today do you know it There's timing involved. Mm -hmm. But there have been a lot of times where it has been opportune, where even the people we're serving have opened that door for us to share. It may come in the form of why, you know, they look down, they see Nevada on our shirt and we're helping people from Hurricane Michael in Texas. Mm -hmm. And they're going, you came all the way out here from Nevada. Why did you do that? The doors wide open. Yes, you can drive the gospel bus through that door. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. and so we have had that opportunities, and nationwide, I know this year um, there have been over five thousand professions of faith through Southern Baptist Disaster Relief this year, and I know it's well over that.
0: What do you say? I mean, just in general, to someone who has, well, as you as you were saying, Jenny, maybe they've lost grandma's ring, which was a family mm-hmm. heirloom, or maybe they've lost a pet that was part of the mm-hmm. family, or they've lost uh, a loved one or a home or
2: all of the above. All
0: of the above. What comfort do you provide?
1: Well, to me, it's not what we say, mm-hmm. it's what we hear. It's listening to these people. It's amazing how many people we've dealt with that have lost everything, say, in a fire. They had a big home, they had a garage full of stuff, they had an outbuilding, and it's all gone. And you hear them say, you know, I'm relieved. I didn't know where to start. And we kind of see them transform because they see us pray. They, We don't force their hand. We don't require mm-hmm. them to participate with us. We're there to sow seeds. And hopefully those seeds take. And some of that we'll never see. We'll never know. But a lot of times it's just... The ministry of presence that people know you're there it's like wow they cared enough to come because honestly when the disaster happens you know if it's weather related it's been built up in the news everybody knows it's coming it happens then the news reporters go away mm-hmm. and it's off the tv screen and people are left with not a shovel to clean up and they feel like they've been abandoned and so just to know that somebody know, you know, cares enough to show up matters to them. And so sometimes it's not about what we say. And then when we do a cleanup of somebody's property, we always present them with a Bible that is signed by the team. I believe that in and of itself has changed people's lives. Mm-hmm. I really do. We we've dealt with some pretty resistant folks. You know, they're they're hesitant to have us help because you might try and convert me.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that a time or two. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, too, of course, I think one of you mentioned uh, in, your, in terms of your U.S. deployments, which then, of course, raises the question, what, if, what deployments have you had that are in other countries?
2: We both went to the Philippines after Typhoon Haiyan and um, worked there actually helping to rebuild schools. We built temporary classrooms in some places. We re-roofed buildings in others. Um, A lot of the schools there, Mm -hmm. uh, a huge thing for them is graduation, matriculation out there. Mm -hmm. And so in one of the schools, the the thing they wanted most was to have the stage, the outdoor stage rebuilt so that they could have graduation. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful to get to know the cultures Mm -hmm. of other countries. I loved working in the Philippines. Um, Part of of what we found there is you go into a school site in one of the neighborhoods or barangays as they call them, and there'll be um, the goals from the Department of Education. And sometimes they're printed quite largely on a monument as you enter the school grounds. Other times they're on a poster in the classrooms. But one of their goals was to raise God-fearing children. Mm. That's a and quote. Th- and that's a quote. That's a direct quote. And that's so refreshing to see that in the schools there. And their, their level of gratitude for any help we could give them was just off the charts. But it's a very different culture. We see that. I, I enjoy that, even when it's a, a culture that maybe isn't friendly mm. to Christians. Um,
0: You've been there. You've been to such a culture.
2: I, mm. I have. I went to Nepal,
0: mm.
2: which is a Hindu country, mm. and you can be arrested for proselytizing there. And so we had to be careful Yeah. Um, how yeah. we spoke. Mm-hmm. And there is a greeting that you can get there. I think pretty much everybody in the area knew who we were. You know, we stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> For sure. in Nepal, it's, we're, we're, we're not locals, it. you right. know. Uh, we stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, so so they knew who we were, and they would often greet us with the Christian greeting, which then gave us permission to return that greeting. But you didn't dare walk up to a stranger and greet them with that.
0: What would be a Christian greeting?
2: Jamasiya as opposed to namaste.
0: What, what do they each mean?
2: Namaste is, is kind of like a, um, a peace be with you,
0: mm.
2: as opposed to the Lord be with you.
0: Oh, they would greet you with that.
2: They would greet us with that, because mm. they knew who we were. Mm-hmm. They knew we were Christians, so it was safe for them to greet us that way, and that told us it was safe to then talk with them about the Lord and not fear being arrested.
0: Have you ever been in any situations, whether domestically or overseas, that you might have perceived as a little dangerous?
2: We got pulled out of Nepal a day early and called back to Kathmandu because their government was in session. And they were rewriting the Constitution line by line. Mm. And depending on how the vote went, it could have been even more dangerous for Christians to be there. They wanted us back close to the airport in case we needed to leave immediately
0: just to be safe
2: just to be safe
0: well my guest today on his people are ron and Ginny barney ron is the state director of uh... the nevada southern baptist disaster relief jenny uh, also uh... is involved with that what and jenny you mentioned right at the beginning how rewarding this is what for you is rewarding or the rewarding aspects of this ministry
1: you know in in the bible the story of the person asking christ well, when did I do these things? I, when did I see you in prison? When did I feed you? When mm-hmm. did I clothe you? Um, that's what we're called to do for everybody. You can't be judgmental when you go out to help these people. You can't pick and choose. They all need that help. And so to be able to feed people the most basic of things to do for another human being Mm -hmm. and to break bread with somebody and sit across the table from them, you know, that gives you an opportunity and to put yourself in their shoes because, and I'm speaking for Ron and I, we -hmm. worked very, very hard through our lives and Mm -hmm. we have been so blessed. I'm not saying we haven't had trials and tribulations, but to be able to help somebody that needs the help to me I know what it's like. I've been through those times in my life where people have helped me mm-hmm. and gone through some tough times. And there will always be people that need that. Always need that in return. And now it's it's my time. I can't do this forever. I I you know,
0: but you can do it now.
1: I can do it now and by golly, I will. I will.
0: And as you're reaching out and helping others through the disaster relief ministry, it sounds like the Lord is is changing both of you as well as anyone involved in this ministry.
2: Oh, I... I. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. In fact, one of the more rewarding things for me, um, in addition to being able to help other people and to have that opportunity to share the gospel with them, is to see the change in our volunteers' lives. Mm. Um, it... It is amazing to me when you see almost the light bulb come on that, wait a minute, this is an opportunity to share the gospel. And they do, maybe for the first time in their life, they are intentional about trying to share the gospel with somebody in an attempt to lead them to the Lord. And it didn't feel forced, and they weren't judged, and they weren't rejected. Mm -hmm. And I can do this. Mm -hmm. And they've gotten out of the pew. They've gone out into the mission field, and it wasn't China. You know, the the mission field can be across the street, across the state, across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, And to see that growth and that change in a Christian's life is also very rewarding.
1: And I think the thing to remember is you never know who you're witnessing to. Mm. So we talk about the people who've lost their homes or a flood or whatever – but you also have our partners that come, that we work alongside. They have life happening to them too. Mm-hmm. And we were on a deployment, I think it was in uh, the fires in Santa Rosa. And I believe it was a, a Red Cross worker who had a family death mm-hmm. while, they were, while they were there. So it was ministering to her. Who, who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? After the fires, we were at the doctor's office because things were so chaotic. It's people in the, sitting in the doctor's office that have lost things. It's people at the pharmacy waiting for medications. So you can minister – I mean, the door's wide open. The door's wide open.
2: In the In the Paradise fire while we were there, and initially it was all chaplain work. That's That's what we were there to do, was just mm-hmm. provide chaplains to the community we got a phone call. I was running the operation for Mike. We got a phone call and it was a local bank and said, I've heard you guys have chaplains. Can we have you send a chaplain to our lobby tomorrow? Mm. We have people coming in that have lost their ID. They've lo- yep. they, don't, they don't have their checkbook. They're trying to find their account and it's frustrating for them. We send a chaplain to sit in a bank lobby and just talk to people who needed to talk.
0: Like you say, you never know who's no. you
2: never know watching. Uh,
0: you, you mentioned, uh, Ron, that you have a training coming up in March. Who uh, – I don't know if it's possible to generalize like that, but who would be perhaps a good fit for this kind of ministry for disaster relief?
2: Anybody over the age of 18, as far as I'm concerned, is a good fit. You do need to have some physical capability left in you mm-hmm. um, because a lot of it is physical work. The physical work is – is what earns us the right to be in these people's lives so that we can share the gospel and the good news with them.
0: You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guests, Ron and Jenny Barney of Nevada Southern Baptist Disaster Relief. Ron is the state director. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Ken Barron on his journey from being raised in an Orthodox Jewish home to Christian ministry leader.
2: I had no clue that Jesus was a Jew. I'm I'm telling you, even though I was raised in a Jewish family and around Catholic people, I had no idea. I was, Jesus was Catholic as far as I was concerned Mm -hmm. or Protestant and I was Jewish and we didn't talk about Jesus. And I'd asked my father about Jesus. He said, well, we don't believe that he was the Messiah, but we knew he was a great prophet.
0: That's tomorrow at this same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.